Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 120 of Conquering Columbus. Today's a big episode, episode 120, and we have Mr. Rick Mailer of City Barbecue joining us today to talk about community and what it means to their team. And speaking of community, I want to take a moment just to thank all you guys, the Conquering Columbus community out there who tune in every week. We really appreciate you guys supporting us. And before we get into this interview, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of our sponsors here on the show. So I'm going to kick it over to Josh to tell you a little more about our first sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state, and you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our next sponsor is Share. For the rides that you take the most, ride with Share. Share is a new transportation company now driving Columbus. Schedule your ride, and Share picks you up at your door with professional drivers and a growing fleet of connected vehicles. Share is now hiring with entry level management positions available. You can learn more about careers with Share at drivewithshare.com. I'd also like to give a shout out to Molly Ross. Molly Ross is an independent designer who focuses on branding and web design. She wants to connect with you, hear your story, and partner to create something beautiful that will help your business be more successful. If you'd like to check out some of Molly's work or connect with her, you can go to mollyross.com. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You can drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. And this week, we've got a great guest lined up for round two on our show, Mr. Rick Mailer. And he's the founder of City Barbecue, and he's joining us again today to talk about everything he's had going on since we last spoke, as well as his goals for community impact and how City Barbecue wants to shape every community they're involved with. And welcome back to Conquering Columbus, Rick. Thank you. So um, you renewed my contract, right. so I'm here for another interview. We brought you back out of free okay. agency we wanted a uh, 
Our first ever two-peat, I think. Oh, is that right? That is. Oh, my God. Are you uh, are you just desperate for guests, or was it by popular demand? Uh, I can't disclose that. any of that information. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so how's everything been since we last spoke? I mean, have you guys opened up? I mean, this would have been, what, a year and a half ago now? Yeah. Wow, it was that long? Right. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can't believe that either. <laughs> the... Um, no, we uh, we've been expanding our business, and we've we ventured into Chicago and Atlanta, and uh, and then we're uh, looking into Detroit and Cleveland, and just kind of expanding our reach a little bit and uh, trying to get get more city barbecues out there. What's been your biggest surprise entering these different markets? Has there been one market in particular that's really been super receptive, some that haven't been as receptive that you kind of had to work on? Yeah, you can never be arrogant in thinking that they know who you are. And that's probably the biggest, um, I don't know if surprise, but awareness that we had to really realize is that if we open in Ohio, people kind of know who we are. Um, but if you go to Chicago, you're a new, you're new, the new guy in town. So that was that was a big learning for us. And then spreading the culture of who we are is always a challenge and how we really um, have the right behaviors. I always say, I think I said on the last one too, is that culture is is derived from the behaviors you practice every day and so making sure that we hire the right people to have the right behaviors in all these remote markets is really important for us and, and you're dipping yourself into cities like chicago that are, are rooted in culture in themselves so mm -hmm. what is i mean maybe if we just focus on that city is there anything in particular that kind of sticks out throughout that process that's um been interesting and in, in moving into that market well we don't really change who we are um and, and who we are is we go in and we want to make community impact and we want to become part of that community. So whether it's Orland Park, which is a suburb of Chicago, or going into Cleveland or into North Carolina or Johns Creek, um, Georgia, outside Atlanta, uh, we always go in and want to be part of that community. And and because that's just that's a belief system that we have. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of one of the things we wanted to talk about was that community impact here today. So what does the word community mean to you and the City Barbecue team? Well, a good example is I'm looking at a text right now because my wife is at the 4-H fair buying a goat um, from a 4-H <laughs> member because we wanted to give back to the 4-H club. So that's community right there. Maybe that's the definition is my wife at the 4-H uh, goat and rabbit auction tonight. But community is also just being part of it. I grew up in a town of 850 people in central Kansas, and so everybody knew who you were. You know, you pretty much knew everybody else. Um, but there's a nice community feel to that because if you needed help, if you needed assistance in some way, people were there. They just naturally volunteered to help. You didn't have to go hire somebody to, to do things. They just naturally did that. And so we try to have that spirit uh, uh, at City Barbecues as well. And so our team members are, are uh, I, I, empowered is an overused word, but they are empowered to go out and um, uh, make an impact in the community. And one of those examples is with this Hurricane Florence. Um, our team members in Charlotte didn't have to call the company office. They took it upon themselves to realize Duke Energy guys are out there working their tails off and trying to get power back up. So they took it upon themselves to go deliver food to the Duke Energy guys and to, to make an impact that way, not for a publicity stunt, but rather to uh, just say, hey, thank you. It's good to be part of this. Thanks for getting our power back up, et cetera. And I think, you know, from the people that Mike and I have been fortunate to sit down with, that mentality of, of giving and then expecting, not, not necessarily expecting anything in return, but just giving and understanding in the end, um, you know, you'll be prosperous yourself, usually mm -hmm. starts at the top. 
Mm -hmm. And it's cool to see that you have that philosophy as well. So it makes sense that it trickles down, you know, to your different branches. And even when you're not on site, you know, they're still acting with the mindset and the philosophy that you would uphold yourself. I'm interested to know, though, when you go into a new community, obviously um, you can only buy so many goats for your home. How do you (laughs) begin to reach out when you enter those new communities? What does that look like? Well, by the way, we're not going to keep the goat. We're going to we're going to turn the goat back because I don't want a goat in my backyard. (laughs) But the um, but it's a great way to help out the kids and and their projects. But it's uh, but that literally what what will happen was is general managers and marketing team members on with city barbecue will go to their individual 4-h fair they will do those things and because they all have budgets and things that they can use to go out and and make that community impact and i believe in boots on the ground is a lot smarter than somebody in the in the main shed telling them where they should um, make a community impact so when you do that then you get better results also when they can make those local decisions rather than some corporate initiative Um, we just put up uh, very wide parameters and say these are the kinds of things um, that we want to you know participate in that we believe in that's that's part of the company philosophy but, but also uh, being part of the community um, starts at home with your local team members. And, for example, we have a community assistance fund at, at City Barbecue where um, we can donate um, money out of our paychecks into this fund. And then if a team member, you know, has a car accident, has a terrible thing happen that insurance doesn't cover, et cetera, they can apply for funds and receive this through this assistance fund. Uh, to help them maybe get back on their feet and get over a tough time. And what was interesting about Hurricane Florence was um, our team members, if they would have had issues like an apartment flooded or something, that assistance dollars can be used for them. We dodged a bullet, though. We, I don't think we had any team members that had issues. It's not, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to help them. I'm glad they didn't need the help also. We, we kind of dodged a bullet with the storms. Right, so it's almost like... City barbecue insurance for your employees. Uh, you could sort of say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, because a, a mem- every team member can, uh, I think, donate as little as a dollar a paycheck. But you know what? You get 1,400 team members all doing that. I don't care if it's 50 cents a paycheck. It adds up in, in the pool of money that we have uh, that we can, can use for each other. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned earlier that... You know, you, your values drive your behaviors, and then those behaviors drive that community sense. So when you're training your team members, how do you train them, and how do you, what do you focus on in training to instill that sense of community? Maybe, especially with team members who maybe haven't lived in the community their whole lives, I imagine some of your, some of your employees are going to be college students, folks like that, who yeah. maybe aren't used to the community they're in. Well, it, it's, uh, it's through our basic training programs and, and just the philosophies and the, and the rules and regulations that we try not to... Um, um, we try not to give them too many rules and regulations on that, but we again we kind of set those parameters. Uh, but but they adopt it uh, pretty quickly, and they they get the philosophy fairly quickly because let's face it, it's fun. It's a lot more fun to to behave that way than it is to you know just sit there and say, well, this is the rules of what we have to do and what we can't do, et cetera. And kind of the craziest story is. We have our catering division in Cincinnati was catering a rehearsal dinner. This is several weeks ago, um, a rehearsal dinner, and Manny, 
who is a cater was doing the work for us, who is a tremendous uh, team member, been around for years. He showed up at the catering event, and the bride was completely distraught because the officiant that was going to marry them shattered her ankle. So she's on the DL. She can't do the wedding the next day. She's going to have surgery. And she's, like, distraught, and she goes up to Manny and says, I don't know if I'm going to have a wedding, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and Manny goes, well, I'm an officiant. And she said, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm a licensed officiant. I did this a couple other times uh, for friends. And so the next day he showed up and did their wedding. <laughs> and so then the bride writes this amazing letter to us and says, oh, my gosh, you saved our wedding. Manny saved the wedding. But the deeper part of that is that it was a very busy time of catering for us. But Manny said right away, yeah, I can do the wedding. I, I can do this wedding. But then he called back and said, hey, I need people covering for me tomorrow because we're going to do this wedding. Well, the other teammate said, yeah, we'll do that because you got to get this bride married and make sure they have a great day. So that's community things you can do as well <laughs> that are a little unorthodox, <laughs> but it, it worked out. There's two beautiful aspects to that story. One, what actually happened, and then two, the fact that you can find random people in this world who are ordained, and is that the right word, ordained? Yeah, I think I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think he's just certified. I don't know. He's yeah, certified, he's certified marriage people. Ordained is like a priest. Our our college yeah. <laughs> coach, for example, was he's married like two or three of his former uh, former athletes yeah. at this point, and he married his son recently. So it's just like very funny how that works. And he's like not a guy. I think I would uh, I think expect to have marrying me. Yeah, like he yeah. just loves it. He's like to the point yeah. where he's like, I'm marrying everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, funny. Um, to steer back to things. So, you know, what are, you mentioned that as, you know, a unique event that's happened amongst your team and kind of really uh, embodies the sense of community that they're embellishing. What are some other events that you can find City Barbecue um, team members out in, in different communities that they're in? We, we've done a lot of events over the years where we've literally gone in and I can think of a big one we did before we even had the size to do it, to pull it off, but we fed the Alzheimer's um, Buckeye tailgate uh, party, you know, 15 years ago and fed something like 800 people for free to help support this Alzheimer's event. And those were big colossal things to undertake. What we found, though, is that sometimes we'll still do those, but what we prefer to do now is to more get directly involved and help a lot of different events in small ways so that they can have better community impact. So instead of us just feeding 800 people and doing this one event, we say, well, let's let's take um, the talents and treasure and, and spread it out to where, hey, I'm, I'm looking at examples here because we have so many of them. I had to write some of them down, but um, where we uh, – we were working with the local, um, you know, uh, Pelotonia and a bunch of fundraising events that they did. And uh, uh, we went in and we uh, provided uh, drinks for all the Hero Dash people in Westerville in memory of the two fallen police and being very involved in that event so that they could put, put on a better um, fundraiser as well as passing out desserts at Rotary Honors Veterans Freedom 5K Walk. I just have lists and lists here uh, participating in toys for tots where we um i think we raised we gathered in so many toys last year that they literally had extra toys which was kind of cool that we when we got involved in that so uh instead of just um 
doing the one big event. We just do tons of those. And then we give temper. Actually, it's um, um, another thing is when we – I'm mumbling here because I'm looking at a list that we, we, we put together here. Um, we donated a dollar of every drink uh, uh, in July for Pelotonia to, to – uh, raise money for that and we raised over seven thousand dollars um we do a random giveaway on facebook for thanksgiving dinner and a lady um didn't win the drawing but her letter was so moving because she was a shut-in and so forth that the catering team just took it upon themselves to take her to take her a free meal and celebration anyway and really kind of made her day so it's just on and on on a daily basis that we really try to do that because the purpose of our organization is to serve and create happiness and we figure if we do that um then then other things will follow so sorry i kind of mumbled through a list here but it's just a lot of things going on yeah it sounds like and it sounds like you know at the heart of it all the catering team is is really involved centrally with the community i mean you mentioned a couple things there like the, the drink donations things like that but it sounds like they, the catering team really allows you to get out there well, we, we have a very strong catering division, and, uh, and, and so I, that is sort of, I, I guess, naturally it would be the outreach because if right. somebody needs to go in. Uh, for example, another one, uh, my wife, Bonnie, um, who's very uh, community-oriented, she's involved in it's called ROCKS, Ruling Our Experiences, which is a um, leadership program for young women. And we have a kind of a cool bar, uh, party barn on our, uh, where we live, and she's going to have 300 women leaders out there in a couple weeks, which they hope to raise over $100,000. And City Barbecue is going to um, cater that. What a surprise, right? But, right. Um, <laughs> but that's the, those are ways that you can have community outreach as well. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think that – so, like, did you think that catering would be a, big, such a big part of your community and sense of community when you first started City Barbecue? Or did you realize later on that – as you grew the catering division, that how important it was. Well, it's first of all, we're not a nonprofit organization. Right. We're a we're a business, um, and we do a lot of catering for profit because that's the business we're in. Uh, however, just naturally, because those people are out there, it sort of happens. And I guess I'm curious to hear when you first started up and you had a brick and mortar location. Um, or it, even when you go into these new communities and you're making new brick and mortar locations, is it more of a pull for the catering center? Or are you pushing that out as a service that you guys are really um, driving home, or is it more like well, people are asking for it? Again, it's a business, so we're okay. we're out promoting catering and so forth as a part of our business. Um, so really, City Barbecue is still a restaurant, um, primarily a restaurant company, um, but also we have this these wonderful catering divisions as well that's a significant part of our business and looking forward like you know what are some of the things coming up that that really excite you and that are um, kind of on the horizon of, of uh, what you're looking at well we just um uh, we're continuing to to grow and and we're continuing to evolve our teams and and uh you find that as you grow um, different folks have different places on the team and where they want to be and what works for them and what doesn't so that's exciting and uh, we're, we just uh, um, are taking over a franchisee. We had one franchisee in our city barbecue family, and uh, he decided to say, you know what, I'm, I'm good with you guys taking it over. So we're excited to um, go into Finley, Ohio, with a, with a company-owned city barbecue. So that's exciting as well. And uh, just, um, just uh, every day, it's just fun to to look up at the challenges of what we're doing and and uh, and trying to grow this in a good positive way. 
You mentioned, you know, we talked a lot about um, the effect that you guys are having as a business on the external community, but I'm sure it's extremely rewarding to watch internal team members grow and prosper and develop into people Mm -hmm. that um, maybe you didn't uh, quite see that vision in the beginning or they didn't see that vision and you did. So is there any particular team member and kind of putting you on spot here because I know it wasn't on the outline that it kind of sticks out in your mind that you've kind of watched develop and grow over the years? And um, One of the I'll, I'll, yeah, there's one that's just always a cool story. And this story could be repeated, you know, many times over. But we have a young man, I'm not going to say his name, who started as a dishwasher for us. And it was a couple of years ago, I was walking through Nordstrom's at Christmas time with my wife and he was buying a really nice piece of jewelry for his uh, fiance at the time and, uh, and because he was an assistant salaried manager and making a pretty nice living. And, and he, had, he didn't have the greatest background in the world, but, uh, but he rose through the ranks, he worked hard, he was promoted, he's on our opening training teams and so forth and just a real winner for us. And so that's just one example of the fun of seeing someone that maybe the world said, hey, you, you don't have a shot, but he didn't agree with the world. We didn't agree with the world. He came in, he worked hard, and now he's making, has a nice career with us. And he didn't, ha- and didn't go to college, anything like that. I'm not sure he was even able to finish high school. But yeah. he's a very intelligent young man, and he's a good leader for us. Yeah, that's an incredible story. I think that, you know, you find stories like that all over the place, though. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people like him out there that I think, you know, people in businesses sometimes tend to overlook, especially today, low unemployment. There's a lot of people out there, though, that that could use jobs still. So um, what I want to have them apply. Right. (laughs) If you need a job, call us. (laughs) We're we're looking. We'll link link down in the description, guys. Yes. Yes. City Barbecue. (laughs) uh, Check out the links down below. Yes. Yes. Do that. So uh, what I want to talk a little bit about is the Columbus community and, and how it's changed since you've been here and your thoughts on just Columbus and our community in general. Wow. I, I moved here in 97 and I was supposed to be here for about two years and then my old company would move me again under the corporate gig. And we moved here from Illinois. Before that, it was Kansas. Before that, it was Iowa. Before that, it was Kansas again. So we had moved around quite a bit and we 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 arrived here and we said man this is a kind of a neat place this is pretty cool area to live and had some friendships develop and that was really part of the spark to start city barbecue is i wanted to stay in columbus and i wanted to walk into a restaurant actually know people and we just felt like it was just an engaging what i would describe columbus as is a really big small town and because it's what a well over a million and a half maybe two million people total but it just still feels like a small town. But so then your question is, what's changed in 20 years and 20 some years since we've been here? A lot more good restaurants, um, a lot more craft breweries. <laughs> and, uh, but, but just in general, it's become more cosmopolitan, I think. It's just really, um, when, when, when I was, when we moved here, I think it was all about Ohio State. That was pretty much what you saw for all the entertainment. Well, Ohio State's obviously still very important, but there are just so many cool neighborhoods that have developed over the years. Um, Short North was was kind of neat at that time, but now it's completely different. All these other suburbs have just really grown up and been interesting. And I tell you what, if I was 25 years old like you guys are, what are you, 
how old are you? you uh, 20, 27. Just can 27. I reveal that? You hit the, you hit the nail hit the, on the head for me. If I was 25 like you guys, this would be a blast to live in this town. It would be a blast because it's big enough to where it's fun, but it's not so big that it's, the cost of living is just horrendous and, and so forth. So it's just it's a very dynamic community, and, and Columbus has just a lot of great leaders, I think. And I think the city, the government, and the business community work together pretty well. And especially in a lot of these suburbs, I think they do, which is where city barbecues tend to locate. Um, they're very helpful to business also. So all of that kind of goes together and it makes it, uh, makes it more dynamic. So I, I enjoy it here. I don't really have a desire to live anywhere else. And then, you know, looking forward as we move towards the end of the interview, one question that um, I'm just curious to hear your mindset, is there anything that keeps you up at night right now, whether it's um, related to city barbecue or related to anything outside? Like, are there any particular concerns that you have, or are you just kind of enjoying the ride right now and is everything going smoothly? There are always concerns. I'm going to cut it right now. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to return this text on this goat. All right, Conquerors, we're going to take a quick break here while Rick checks in on that goat. But this is a good place to remind you that if you're enjoying this podcast, you can get tons more great episodes over at ConqueringColumbus.com or on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to click that subscribe button. It really, really does help us out, and we appreciate all you guys taking the time to listen to the show. All right, let's get back into that interview with Rick. Anyway, let's ready to go. Yep. Back to that question. <laughs> so okay. Is that a fair question? Is that our is our what, What's the question? Just what keeps you up at night, or is there anything? Oh, okay. What keeps me up at night? I am. Um, that's always a good question. The I don't know if any one thing keeps me up at night, but here is the curse of being an entrepreneur, and I still very much consider myself an entrepreneur, and um, as a business owner, is you just think you just it's very hard to not think about business. I don't care if it's if I'm on vacation or if I'm on my motorcycle or whatever I'm doing. I'm still always, my brain is always coming back to business in some way. And 20 years of doing this thing, I can candidly tell you there hasn't been a day gone by that I haven't thought of something with the business. It's not a stressful thing. It's not like, uh, you know, I'm just freaking out over stuff. But your mind is always engaged, and it's been very, it's difficult to shut that off. So... The good thing is hopefully when you're that engaged, there is nothing that comes along that keeps you up at night because I think when you fall asleep at the wheel, that's when you have an emergency. So hopefully we stay out in, enough ahead of that to, um, to to not create those stresses. But, yeah, the, you're, you're going to find that out if you start a business. It, you just never really get away from it. Definitely. Well, Rick, I think that's a great place to wrap up the show and thanks a lot for joining us on part oh, two. Oh, he doesn't get out of the how, how how has live uncomfortably changed for you we got the first part okay has it changed okay. since the last time okay we talked? hold on I was gonna help, let, help me out on this well what? i was gonna let you off the hook but josh wants to bring it back okay so last question on conquering columbus we had you answer it last time was centered around the theme of our show which is live uncomfortably okay and josh wants to know how have your thoughts changed on living uncomfortably since the last time we talked well, be specific. Are we? Uh, is it business? Is it personal? What it's everything. It's, is so everything? It's, it's we really don't give. So we put people on the spot. We don't give them a lot of insight into what we think about it and why we chose the phrase for conquering Columbus. And where it gets interesting is if you don't remember your previous answer, you answer it as it relates to you now, and then you listen back, and then you can see how that changed. I have no idea what I answered last time, so this will be all new. <laughs> the uh, uh, we, I guess, living uncomfortable to me means always striving to get better and never settling. 
and I think I live in a constant state of dissatisfaction, <laughs> which, because I think our business can always be so much better, uh, and I strive personally to, to be better as well, and I like to be around people that want to be better. I'm not a guy that wants to just go out and have a hobby that takes up a ton of time every week, and that's just where I get lost in. I just, I'm very driven to, to try some different things and to grow. So that's how I look at living uncomfortably, if you will. And, uh, but I do, but I like to have fun too and relax and I, I have my hobbies also. <laughs> so hey. was that a good answer or? Hey, any answer is a good any answer. Answer's good? That's any answer is good. That's your trademark. That's the trademark question. But Rick, again, thanks a lot for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. Fun stuff. Yeah, okay. Conquerors. Thanks for tuning in guys. If you enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook. Share the episode with your friends. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here. And that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our next sponsor is Share. For the rides that you take the most, ride with Share. Share is a new transportation company now driving Columbus. Schedule your ride and Share picks you up at your door with professional drivers and a growing fleet of connected vehicles. Share is now hiring with entry-level management positions available. You can learn more about careers with Share at drivewithshare.com. I'd also like to give a shout out to Molly Ross. Molly Ross is an independent designer who focuses on branding and web design. She wants to connect with you, hear your story, and partner to create something beautiful that will help your business be more successful. If you'd like to check out some of Molly's work or connect with her, you can go to mollyross.com. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire 
to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.